0: Support for Terrestrial comes from the Evergreen State College, a public liberal arts college located in Olympia, Washington. Learn more about undergraduate and graduate programs in environmental sustainability, policy, and advocacy at evergreen.edu.
1: After the occupation of the Malheur Wildlife Refuge in Oregon last year, I had some big questions about the relationship between private landowners and the government, particularly in the West. I wanted to understand where the tensions came from, and see what kind of common ground there might be between the two sides. And I heard about a woman named Liza Jane McAllister. She's a fourth-generation rancher in the Wallowa Valley in northeastern Oregon, which isn't too far from the Malheur Wildlife Refuge. Liza Jane owns and manages the Six Ranch, along with her two grown kids. She's got several hundred head of cattle on about 1,000 acres. And, like many of her neighbors, she tends to bristle at government rules and red tape. But she made a really interesting choice. Liza-Jane looked at the river that runs through her property, the Wallowa River, and she saw that it wasn't healthy, that it didn't have the salmon numbers that it used to have when her great-grandparents came to this valley in the late 1800s, right around the time the federal government forced out the original inhabitants, the Nez Perce Indians. And more than a century later, Liza-Jane chose to put aside her own feelings about the federal government and work with it for the sake of the river. I'm Ashley Ahern, and you're listening to Terrestrial, a show that explores the choices we make in a world we have changed. It was actually Liza Jane's son, James, who first thought of restoring the river on his family's ranch.
2: It was my idea um, as an eight-year-old to try and move the river into some of the old river channels that I had found.
1: As a kid, he would walk the ranch with his mom and spot the tracks where the river used to flow through their property, meandering back and forth across the floor of this valley, the way it had flowed before settlers arrived. His great-great-grandparents homesteaded this land and had likely used oxen and plows to dredge and straighten the river. Basically, they pushed it to one side of the valley to make room for fields and pastures for their livestock. But James loved to go fishing, and even as a little kid, he knew that salmon like curvier, slower-moving rivers instead of straight-flowing shoots.
2: Um, I'd like to say that I had, you know, some, you know, really complex uh, ideas about aquatic macro macroinvertebrate diversity and stuff like that. But um, the the truth of the matter is that I looked at this winding course of of ancient river track and thought, man. That would fish better.
1: He used to make crayon drawings of how he pictured the river winding. What did, what did your what did your drawings look like?
2: Oh, um, probably like a Jackson Pollock painting.
1: Clumsy as those drawings may have been, James was on to something. Salmon look for shady bends in rivers where they can find quiet pools and side channels to rest and lay their eggs. And endangered Chinook salmon spawn in the Wallowa River. So years later, when the federal government was looking for partners to help restore salmon habitat, Six Ranch looked like a good fit. But first, everyone would have to deal with the fact that many ranchers and landowners don't particularly trust government officials. And James's mother, Liza Jane, already had complicated feelings about the government because of the so-called Timber Wars of the 1990s. Back then, the federal government had put the spotted owl on the endangered species list, and that triggered new regulations to limit timber harvests in order to protect the bird. Thousands of loggers in Oregon lost their jobs, and many blamed the regulations. It's still a sore spot for Liza Jean.
0: Because I experienced the spotted owl deal. That
1: was bullshit. So why would she choose to welcome federal officials onto her property to do a major river restoration and risk the scorn and ridicule of her neighbors in the process? Well, for starters, Liza Jane says she's never cared much about what other people think of her. There aren't many women running ranches. And when she first took over from her parents and started making decisions, even her former husband had a hard time with it.
0: I think there's this sense of I, that she couldn't have any idea of what she's doing. She's got no idea what she's doing. Your only husband was thinking mm, that way. It'll never work. Mm-hmm. Won't work. Because it's different, you know? and And, um... And I think there's a sense of ego there that um, no one, especially women, can't do what we do. And that makes us feel better about ourselves, right? So ex- expectations for me to fail are, tr- have been tremendous and it inspires me.
1: The couple split up not long after Liza Jane took over the ranch. So she was on her own, not just running it, but raising James and his sister Adele. She tells stories about leaving the kids on a blanket in the middle of the pasture with cups of Cheerios while she was off fixing fence posts. It wasn't easy doing everything on her own, but she made it work. And the truth is, that sort of independence is celebrated here. People rely on their family and their neighbors for help managing their land, not the government. But sometimes, the government shows up anyway. So one day, a few years after the spotted owl turmoil, Liza Jane decided to cut some spruce trees on her land to make fence posts. But there were endangered bald eagles nesting nearby, and state officials warned her she'd have to get approval first.
0: I was so mad. I went down there. I was, I don't know I'm on my tape, but I was pitching rocks at Eagle Nest. I was like, I was going to write to Clinton, I think, at the time, or Reagan. I was upset. I was like, how, how can you tell me now? that we don't don't have the ability to make decisions about our place.
1: But federal laws like the Endangered Species Act exist to protect the creatures and natural systems, like rivers, that go beyond individual property lines. Because eagles and spotted owls and salmon, they don't actually belong to the people who own the property where they happen to nest or spawn. So Liza Jane realized pretty quickly that there would be trouble if she went ahead and cut those trees without permission and she decided to try a different approach. Instead of throwing rocks, she invited officials from the Department of Fish and Wildlife and forestry experts to come to her property and see if they could find a compromise.
0: We got the forester, we got the fisheries guy, we got the fish and wildlife guy, we got the logger, and we all showed up
1: together. They walked Liza Jane's land, and they're looking at the trees and looking at the river, and they're talking to each other. And the guy from Fish and Wildlife points to the trees she wants to cut and says... Well, the eagles don't use those trees anyway. They're using other trees over there. And then the guy from fisheries says, you know, cutting a few trees and leaving them in the river would actually create good hiding places for fish.
0: Great. So, you know, they're all deciding amongst themselves. They all learned that we all had the same thing. And by the few hours we walked the property, they were trying to get us to cut four times more trees than we were willing to cut.
1: She says she came away with the feeling that these government workers weren't out to get her. They were following rules and regulations that they don't necessarily make, and they have the best interests of the land at heart. So she decided to try to partner with state and federal agencies to restore the river. But it turned out to be harder than she thought. We'll be right back. So before we get into what happens when Liza Jane decides to step outside her comfort zone and work with the federal government, let's talk about what a healthy river looks like.
2: Once you go underwater, your eyes would be open to a completely new experience.
1: This is Seth White. He's a river ecologist in Oregon who spent a lot of time snorkeling in northwest rivers.
2: You would see trout and whitefish and salmon and suckers and minnows all interacting, and you would see them feeding on insects like mayflies and stoneflies and crane fly larva. Um, there would be waving algae in the stream. Some of those insects would be scraping the algae off of the rocks. Um, there would be leaves falling into the water above you and floating on the top of the water, and those leaves would eventually sink down to the bottom of the stream and become detritus that would be chewed up by other insects that would eventually become food for salmon and other fish.
1: And on the surface, a healthy river pulses and shifts with the seasons. In spring, as the snow melts from higher elevations, even the color of a river can change. And as the waters rise, rivers can spill out of their channels, kinda like the way a garden hose will whip back and forth when the spigot's all the way open. But as you can imagine, when you're trying to grow food or build homes, like Liza Jane's great-grandparents and settlers all over the West were doing, it's easier if a river sticks to a set straight course.
0: And so what, what you see is this river was,
1: was pushed up against that slope, and it went completely straight. Still, she doesn't blame her grandparents and great-grandparents. With
0: what they knew, they were making the best decision possible. Um, And I think that at that time, they probably had more value for people's needs than they did
1: nature. But Liza Jane knew that if she wanted to help restore the salmon runs, she'd have to undo what previous generations of her family had done. And she knew she couldn't undo it alone. So she started negotiating with the Bonneville Power Administration, a federal agency that operates dams in the West, as well as Oregon state officials and local watershed nonprofits. It took years. Staffers would come and go, calving season would get in the way. Eventually, they managed to get the project going. But there was one big sticking point. Liza Jane showed me a part of the river that's now been restored. Workers came in with backhoes and dug a new channel. And they added big trees and log jams to make the river twist and turn through this meadow, where it used to flow straight.
0: Now it's river, land, river, land. So you got all these great islands. It's engineered very precisely. Uh, They know, you know, part of it, they slowed it down so that it comes uphill, which creates pools. They built the rock weir, so when the water flows over, it digs
1: another pool. And the salmon love those pools.
0: Salmon love those pools. And then it drops the gravel for the um, spawning beds. So all of this, even though it looks really natural, was created for the benefit of fish habitat.
1: I mean, it looks great to the untrained eye, but there's a problem. that crunching sound you hear is reed canary grass. It's a bushy, hay-like invasive grass that has totally taken over the riverbanks. Not what the government had in mind.
0: They seeded this all in native grasses, invested a lot, and they're unhappy with it.
1: So here's where things went off the rails, because Liza Jane had an idea. Why not let her bring in her cattle and have them eat the invasive grasses along the river? But... All over the West, the federal government spends a lot of time and money trying to get ranchers to keep their cows away from rivers because cows tend to cluster along the banks, trampling the shoreline. So it wasn't looking good. The government did not seem flexible on this point.
0: So then I got all stubborn about it. And so I wrote to Bonneville Power and I said, this
1: this needs to happen. Because Liza Jane had a plan. She proposed using herding dogs and electric fencing and taking her cows in for just a few hours at a time in targeted areas to clear out the invasive grass. She was confident that she could keep her cows in check and use them as a tool to help restore the river. And finally, she was just like, no, no cows, no deal. This, you guys got to trust us that so we know what we're doing. And the government said, OK, let's do it. We got permission. And good Lord, I hope it works.
0: <laughs> because
1: I feel that there's a lot... Um banking on it. Now, not all ranchers are interested in this level of hands-on livestock management. But if she's successful, if Liza Jane can show that her cows are getting rid of the invasive grasses without harming the riverbanks, then she'll be making a much bigger point than just cows can be near rivers. She'll be showing officials that ranchers often have useful knowledge to share, and that maybe they should be seen more as partners in shaping and executing restoration projects.
0: Oh, bald eagle. Yeah, we have a nest.
1: Really? We do! Oh, cool. A pair of bald eagles had been circling as we stood by the river. I thought about how Liza Jane mentioned throwing rocks at these birds before, when the government first told her she couldn't cut down certain trees on her land. She said she's still nervous about working with the government, and she's had a hard time giving up some control of her property, letting others tell her where and when her cows can graze by her river.
0: A lot of people say, I can't believe you gave up all that land for a river. what What is with you and fish? It, it's, <laughs> it's not just fish. You know, you, you do, again, we're connected and we do one thing for fit This creates bird, bugs, the water table's up, better grazing, better grass, diversity. Our wildlife populations on here are just, are wonderful and that benefits everything. So, So I wanna do that.
1: We paused at a curve in the river and Liza Jane looked out over the water smiling. She has warm eyes, surrounded by a mix of sun wrinkles and smile wrinkles. She described the moment a few years ago, when they finished the first phase of the restoration project, and the river flowed for the first time into its new meandering channel.
0: I was sitting at the very top when they blocked and did the first meander, and I'll probably still cry when I say this, but the sound... But When the river went straight, it reminded me of flushing a toilet. It just, it had no, no beauty to the water. And when they slowed it down and it made that first turn, it was like, it was, it's beautiful. It's soft. It's like this, it sounds so la-la, but it was just like this contentedness, what they're supposed to be. Hear that?
1: terrestrial is edited by annie aviles our producer and sound designer is jonathan hirsch lila cherneff is our fact checker brendan sweeney is our managing editor our theme music is by the band tremor terrestrial was developed with support from the npr story lab special thanks to christopher joyce and bruce oster for help with this episode we're produced out of kuow in seattle i'm ashley Ahern. thanks so much for listening Support for Terrestrial comes from the Evergreen State College, a public liberal
0: arts college in Olympia, Washington, providing an academically rigorous and individually tailored education, preparing students for lives spent serving, creating, and innovating. Learn more at evergreen.edu.